Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. of another Dolphins podcast. Week 9 is underway as the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Tennessee Titans 20-16, to but nobody cares about that game. You are here to talk about possibly the game of the year as the Miami Dolphins are in Germany preparing to play the 6-2 Kansas City Chiefs. We have one final opportunity to give our thoughts, and I thought no better person to hit this out of the park than at Brian Cat NFL. Cat, you ready to talk some ball, my friend? I am. What a big game for the Dolphins here. I mean... Think about it. If they Dolphins win this game, they're seven and two. They'll be favored then after the bye in their next six games. We already know that, barring something crazy happening. They'll head into week 11, probably number one in the AFC. They'll at least be out of week nine, number one in the AFC. Um, first or second in power rankings until week 11. No doubt about that. And most importantly, all of this, the Dolphins can't beat a good team stigma Absolutely. melts away overnight. The Dolphins, I mean, that, that's the key here, right? We don't want to spend two weeks sitting on a loss. We do not need to spend two weeks hearing about how the Dolphins can't win games because it's going to end up lasting a lot longer than that because after this Kansas City game, you have a Las Vegas Raiders squad that just imploded, right? Now they're they're shooting hoops in the locker room. They're wrestling. I mean, Kat, we could probably go join the Raiders. Last time this happened, they made the playoffs, so we might be onto something there. Uh, but <laughs> right man. after that, it's the, it's the Jets and Washington, another team that imploded. Tennessee starting a rookie quarterback. So, man, you hit the nail on the head. This game is so important just to rocket them into that final stretch of the season. You bet. And after the bye, the five quarterbacks the Dolphins face – You've got, in no particular order, you've got Will Levis, Sam Howell, Aiden O'Connell, and Zach Wilson twice. So mm-hmm. you put that into context as well, uh, Dolphins getting Jalen Ramsey back and Xavier Howard and, J- and Javon Holland are going to play in this game. The Dolphins have 
a completely healthy defense for the first time all year heading into this Chiefs game. So if they go into Germany and they uh, do well against Patrick Mahomes, uh, who, who better to face here uh, to really put yourself to the test, then things get really exciting uh, after the bye week. It's so hard to ignore the two quarterbacks here. Patrick Mahomes, Tua. Tua leads the league in a lot of different passing categories, while Patrick Mahomes, last year's Super Bowl MVP. Uh, but I want to get your thoughts on the defensive matchup between these two teams. The Miami Dolphins are first in quarterback hits. Kansas City Chiefs have won less than them. These are two defenses that have been absolutely dominant so far this year. I think the Chiefs have allowed 24 points once this entire season, and it was last week against the Denver Broncos. Uh I've seen the over and under wiggling and right about a 50, 51. I wanted to get your thoughts because right away you think two of Mahomes, there's going to be a lot of fireworks, but man, these defenses feel like they're just waiting to have this big statement. And I think they can do that on, on the state big stage of Germany. Yeah. It's a different chiefs team than I thought was going to play this year because, you know, we're so mm-hmm. used to chiefs team that can score 30, 35 points in their sleep. And now this year, you look at these these scores that they're involved in, and it doesn't look look like a Chiefs game at all. I mean, the amount of points the Chiefs have let up on defense this year, you're right. They've only over 21 points one time, and that was last week to Denver when the Chiefs were turning the ball over left and right. I mean, you take a look at at what they do stylistically too. I mean, they're they're a team that plays man to man as much as any as just about any team in the league. I think they're fourth in man-to-man coverage stats. They're also seventh in the amount of times that they blitz. They blitz 33.3% of the time, one out of every three plays they blitz. Um, so now the on the other side of that coin here, you look at Tua and for the season, when Tua is, when Tua is blitzed, uh, he has a quarterback rating of 120 this year. So and, and we talked we kind of talked about this last year before they or last week before they played the Patriots are it wouldn't be smart for the Patriots to blitz. Well, they did blitz. They blitzed a lot against Tua. Uh, in fact, the amount of, of times uh, Tua dropped back was 44. They blitzed him 19 out of 44 times on those play 13 for 19 for 121 yards and two touchdowns when blitzed. He's by far the best quarterback in the league when he's blitzed. PFF has him 10 and a half points higher than the number two guy on that list, Dak Prescott. So with that, it's going to be fascinating to see how much man-to-man do the Chiefs play and how often are they actually going to blitz. Defenses tend, when they when they go against a quarterback that can dice up a, a blitz attack, like a Patrick Mahomes, they tend to soften the box a little bit. They tend to play a little back, play a little more conservative. Do you think that opponents are starting to feel that way about Tua, especially time and time again, where he can dice up this blitz? Or do we see a scenario like against Kansas City where their entire mentality is, we are going to stop the run. And if that involves having a box of eight, nine people, just so when the Dolphins are forced into those passing situations, we can be ready for it. Is Tua reaching that point yet? Or do you think that this is a situation, especially Spags on the other line, uh, are they going to really try to blitz him and make him get the ball out quick? Certainly. Yeah. I think two has reached that point a couple of weeks ago, as far as teams loosening up on him and what an adjustment it'll be from last week when the chiefs played Russell Wilson. I've, I've been watching the all 22 on that game here today. All day. What's that? It felt like Wilson was holding the ball all day. Yeah, he was absolutely. And, and really as far as, as the chiefs defensively, I mean, it's quite easy to see. They had a lot of just single high safety looks, 
a lot of guys down within, you know, five to 10 yards of the line of scrimmage and really forcing the Broncos to win over the top. It's going to be opposite this week here Mm -hmm. for them matching up. So it'll be fascinating to see what happens there because where I think the Dolphins have a little bit of an advantage on their offenses, you're going to force the Chiefs to immediately go to Germany and play a completely different style of defensive football than they've been successful at all year. And two, I think it's important to bring up, you you mentioned Tua's stats against the Blitz. It didn't include the interception last week. And we joke sometimes that it seems like there's one or two plays a game where Tua just seems to throw the ball into a linebacker's gut. But a lot of that has to do with anticipation and how he's reading how a play is going to go. So I do wonder if that's something that defensive coordinators are starting to pick up on too. It's you don't have to blitz Tua to confuse them. You confuse them in other ways without bringing, you know, six, seven guys on the uh, end of the trenches. Yeah, on that Tua play last week, uh, he was – pressured no doubt about that i don't think that counted as somebody blitzing um because at least it's reading that yeah when he wasn't blitzed he was 16 for 25 with an interception so i don't know that that, that looked he a was little pressured bit... but not blitzed it's kind of like one of those uh walking the line type things i hear right yeah absolutely but still your your point remains there but it's you know it, on this i mean on the season you know pff charts this here and 91.6 grade and his quarterback rating is 120. So I don't care if you like PFF or not, you like quarterback rating or not, no matter what metric you look at, when you blitz to a, he does well. PFF also has something called turnover worthy plays that they talk about on 92 dropbacks. He has zero turnover worthy plays. So not only is he completing almost 70% of his passes against the blitz, but he's also not putting the ball in harm's way too, which is huge. The Dolphins run running game has been a really awkward the last couple of weeks. They haven't been able to get it going. I think the Broncos uh, ran the ball for about 4.5 yards per carry last week. I might be wrong on that if you have the numbers in front of you, but do you feel a little concerned about where this rushing attack's going or can it kind of be written off as something along the lines of, Hey, there were four backup offensive linemen last week. You can't do much with that. Yeah. The Broncos were right around four yards of carry last week against, against the chiefs. Uh, Javante Williams had a workmanlike effort against him. And look, Javante Williams is a big, powerful back compared to what the Dolphins have, which is Raheem Mostert and a lot of speed. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, in general, the Chiefs are pretty good against the run, a a little bit above average to opposing starting running backs this year, they're averaging 3.9 yards a carry. So that's, that's good run defense. And Mm -hmm. that all starts with Chris Jones in the middle. I mean, one of the best defensive tackles in the league, Um, not only against the run, but in his last 24 games, Chris Jones in the, has 21 sacks in his last 24 games. This is a six foot six, 310 pound defensive tackle. Over the last even six years, he has, I think, what, he has six and a half fewer sacks than Aaron Donald over the last six years combined, that's which crazy. is insane. He's right there. He's right there. And, and that's, that's the biggest thing. And, the Dolphins now on their interior of the line, or they're going to be without Robert Hunt in this game. We know that Connor Williams sounds like he should play. Um, and Robert Jones at left guard should play. Now, Chris Jones usually lines up over left guard, not all the time, but most of the time. And that's going to be a big, big test for Robert Jones in this contest to see if he can hold Chris Jones for two or three seconds. How do you feel about how this offensive line is playing out where, um, you know, 
on the depth chart, it kind of had uh, Liam Eichenberg as a starting left guard. And then you actually had Lester Cotton as, I think, the third string right guard. And he was the first guy to come in at left guard. So do you feel that they're going to go in the direction of having Robert Jones as the left guard? Or have we are we yet to be seen what Mike McDaniel's cooking up this time? If I were to guess, and we don't know for sure, but I'd, I'd say Robert Jones is at left guard, Connor Williams is at center, and Lester Cotton returns to his more natural right guard position. Um, and the reason for that is Liam Eikenberg is, has played several games now. He is the backup center. And the worst thing you could have is, you know, Connor Williams, if he re-aggravates the groin during the game, that now you've got to shuffle around the, the entire interior of the offensive line. So Eichenberg, it's not out of the question. He starts at left guard, but I'd be a little bit surprised if he did. We were a little frustrated. You, you particularly, you brought this up. I think you tweeted it out um, about the Dolphins trading Dan Feeney away when they didn't have a backup center on the roster. Now that we've seen it a couple of weeks, do you feel a little better about that and having Eichenberg as that backup center? Again, just as a backup, not necessarily like someone you can trust six, seven, eight weeks. I do. Yeah. A little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, that first game against the bills was a mess, but since then, I'm not going to say he's played great, but he, he hasn't ruined the game and that's all I can ask for out of, uh, out of a player that I I didn't think a whole heck of a lot heading into the season. So no, I mean, look at last game against, against the Patriots. I thought he played his best game. And if he's playing his best game now in his fourth start, is fourth of four starts here. I mean, that's that's certainly a good sign. One final note on the offense I want to bring up. Uh, we saw Silvan Ahmed get a couple of receptions last week. He didn't do too, too much with them. And uh, you sent me a message in the DMs that you were really hoping to see a lot more Jeff Wilson. So can you kind of explain where the Dolphins can go in terms of what Jeff Wilson does, what uh, Silvan Ahmed can't? And on the same time, does having Jeff Wilson kind of limit what the offense can do where you have Salvan Ahmed lined up out wide, kind of catching these bubble screens? Yeah, I understand that Ahmed is stylistically somebody who doesn't allow you to, I mean, it doesn't force you to change a lot from Raheem Mostert. And that can be a good thing. Uh, you know, Ahmed also too, kudos to him at a 20 yard catch last week. That was a big catch on third and 14. Good, good, uh, uh for him for that. And, and it was a big play. You know, I still say that he's somebody who goes down way too easily. He's a liability in pass protection. And when uh, Devon Achan comes back, I, I don't really see a lot of value for him sticking on the team, even though he probably will stick on the team. But Jeff Wilson, the reason I, I like what he brings to the table, it's completely different than Savan Ahmed. He's a big power back. And he, is somebody that could give the opposing defense something to really think about where he can Mm -hmm. run off tackle. He can run downhill with power and he gives the dolphins an added dimension. And I thought Wilson, you know, he, he didn't have great stats last week, what five carries for somewhere around 20 yards, but I thought he started to get going more and more. And I, I would have liked to have seen him in there more as the dolphins gain the lead because they were able to, they would have been able, I think, to to work a little bit better off play action. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. 
Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Switching over to the defensive side of the football here, just to kind of simply put it here, what did you see differently about this Miami Dolphins defense when Jalen Ramsey's on the field? I don't think I've ever seen a more satisfying play than with Jalen Ramsey. I mean, you watch well, that replay. is Because, look, the Dolphins got Jalen Ramsey in the offseason. Everyone was excited. Third-round pick and Hunter Long, they got him for all excited. First day of camp within the first hour, we think he's out for the year. Then it's, oh, no, it's not that bad. He's going to come back. And then it's like, ah, well, now they're deciding – do you complete the meniscus, at which point he'll be gone till at least December? Uh, or is he going to be out a couple of weeks? Well, it turns out he's going to be out till December, then it's November, then October. We've been through a lot with this. So to see him peel off the receiver running upfield and jump that route in zone defense, you can't do it any better than that. And when you go from two guys in Eli Apple and Perry Nickerson that you literally pulled off the street mm-hmm. to play exactly. at the beginning of the year to – a top three defensive back, man, it's, that was great. And what, what was great to see with him on the field. And I, I knew the guy was a monster out there, but until you see it with your own eyes, it, it forgot how actually massive this dude is. Yep. I mean, like there was a play where against the Patriots where Mac Jones and the Patriots were on the far right hash mark and Jalen Ramsey was in the top left part on the other hash mark. And you could already see with how there was line, how he was lined up. It's like they're not throwing to that side of the field, so you're forcing him to throw to the short side of the field. And this week, you're going to have Xavier Howard back there and Javon Holland back there. So that's I'm interested to see how it all comes together because this defense has been playing much much better as of late, and now they get a real test, and they seem to be clicking on all three levels of the defense. I think Jalen Ramsey and Vic Fangio both said this, that for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, they don't only have a play in the huddle. They have a play after the play in just terms of how well Patrick Mahomes is at extending plays and just making that chicken salad happen. Last year, we did see Jerome Baker get a 30-yard sack out of a situation like that. But how do you feel this Miami Dolphins defense, this zone mentality where all eyes are on the quarterback, how does this match up against the quarterback who likes to extend the plays when you also, I want to add in the fact this is a defense where everyone's a little older now, right? There aren't a lot of young guys on this defense from, from start to finish. So I'm just curious to see, does that help everyone kind of feel uh, or stay mentally strong, I should say, in terms of containing lanes, not lo- getting lost in coverage, different scenarios, I should ask. You know, normally my answer is any defense that Patrick Mahomes faces is in trouble mm-hmm. because I regard him, I regard Mahomes as the best player in the league. And oh, absolutely. You know, and we've seen that over the last five years. But it's, it, in terms of the matchup, I think it favors the Dolphins very well. And the reason I say that is because, yes, Mahomes likes to move around, extend plays, do magical stuff there after the snap. And he can do all that. And Mike is going to continue to do that throughout the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. One thing he is not used to is a linebacker group that is this fast when he's running around back there. Bradley Chubb and... Jalen Phillips specifically, who are playing just phenomenal the last two games, they could track him down in the open field. Mm-hmm. And if the Dolphins are able to win that matchup out there with against Juwan Taylor and Donovan Smith, where the Dolphins have a major, major edge, that could make a big difference here in the game. 
I, it still kills me. I mean, it's so hard not to know that that uh, Chris Greer, when he called up the Denver Broncos to trade for Bradley Chubb, if he just didn't have an image of, of Josh Allen on one side and Patrick Mahomes on the other, knowing that you need these physical, fast defensive ends. You had a great stat uh, that you X'd out the other day um, about how many players on the Dolphins are on pace for like at least eight sacks. Yeah, so in this falls into the future too where so the, you have four dolphins on pace for eight and a half sacks or more this year uh, off the top of my head what you've got chubb andrew van ginkle uh sealer and christian wilkins are all on pace jalen phillips also missed what two and a half three games so mm-hmm. no doubt he would have he'd be on pace as well so you look at that and if the dolphins can go into kansas city and pressure and bring down mahomes um, what does that say for the next five weeks after that, where you've referenced PFF's offensive line rankings, their power rankings from one to 32 on this show before, after the bye, you've got the Raiders who are 17th. You've got the Jets who are 32nd. You've got the commanders who are 19th, but on pace to allow the most sacks in NFL history. How you've, got, you've got the Titans who are 30th. And then you've got the Jets again, who are 32nd. So yeah, the Chiefs are... Yeah, they're in the top 10, and I think the Patriots were in the top 10 as well. I'm, I, I could be mistaken on that. But anyway, it's, you know, the, the the Patriots got a lot of their offensive line back last week. You know, in week two, the Dolphins didn't face Trent Brown or a healthy Michael and Wainu uh, or a healthy Cole Strange. And the Patriots brought that in last week, and the Dolphins certainly got the upper hand on that on that offensive line. And it seems like when you when you combine – that win against the Patriots where they dominated up front with the Eagles game, where I expected the Eagles offensive line to, to get the upper hand on that matchup. And it was, Mm -hmm. it was more of slight advantage Miami throughout that game. When you do that and now it it really bodes well for the rest of the season, especially in a matchup like this. Thinking about this Kansas city offensive line, and we'll, we'll just think about the offense in general here and how a play might play out. Right. I think we'd give the Miami Dolphins secondary the advantage against these receivers, right? Not maybe not Kelsey, probably definitely not Kelsey, uh, but just these receivers have really struggled to catch the football. It seems like the biggest weakness on this entire chiefs team. You have an offensive line that can definitely give Mahomes enough time and a quarterback who can extend a play even farther. How does a play play out against this Miami Dolphins defense, knowing that even if the offensive line can hold up? You know, one major difference between the Chiefs and a lot of other opponents that the Dolphins defense has faced is that they have probably the best interior line in the league with Mm -hmm. Creed Humphrey at center, Joe Tooney at left guard and Trey Smith at right guard. I mean, that the Dolphins have been able to, to since really since week one against the Chargers comfortably get the upper hand in those matchups on the interior. And it's going to be a battle of the Titans inside. There's no doubt about that. I mean, because the Dolphins have, you know, Zach Sealer, Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis going up against those three interior linemen. So if they're able to provide a push inside, that's going to make all the difference in the world because that's going to send Mahomes running, which he likes to do. In fact, he's better when he's running for his life. But then you've got Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb who can possibly catch him in the open field. So all of this has the ability to come together beautifully for the Dolphins' defense, especially in a matchup like this where the stakes are never higher. A tale as old as time is Miami's inability to cover tight ends. 
What's different about this group? What are you seeing, especially from the likes of uh, Jerome Baker, David Long, and then you got the safeties, the Sean Elliott and, and Javon Holland, who is officially playing after uh, recovering from his concussion. I'm interested to see how they play Travis Kelsey because, I mean, look, the Broncos last week have really held him in check. I think he had seven catches for 50-something yards, somewhere around there. They did a really good job on him. And the I bounced back and forth toward – do you want to play this game where Cater Kohu and Xavier Howard are more on the outside and Jalen Ramsey is tasked with uh, taking the lead on, on Travis Kelsey because Ramsey plays in the slot. He play all over the field. But then I also think too, in a game like this where you're expecting a lot of points to be scored, is it the worst thing in the world? If you're holding Travis Kelsey to eight, nine, 10 yard catches throughout the game, kind of like the Broncos did last week. So that'll be one of the more fascinating things to watch. Would you, if you had to pick the, let's say if I put the over under at 50 and a half, would you go, would you take the over? For Kelsey with yardage? I'll say points in general, sorry. Oh, 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 oh. Um, you know, I'm going to take the under. Barely. I'm the same way. I, I, I just think that the, if the Dolphins, I like that approach. If you can kind of just force Travis Kelsey to catch every single ball that goes his way. Otherwise, the Chiefs are stuck in a situation where they have to punt. This is how I thought they'd kind of went against the Eagles. The Eagles had a pretty poor red zone offense and the chiefs throw the football more than any, or one of the most frequent teams to throw the football in the entire league. So I'm curious to see how successful they can be once they get into the red zone. They don't have a lot of real estate to work with and you don't necessarily have a rushing attack. That's really devastating to other opponents. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco has 460 rushing yards on the season. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure Devon Achan has the, has the same amount of them and he hasn't played in a couple weeks. Achan, I think is, what is he He's in the top nine in rushing yards. It's still. so silly. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's insane that this guy could have, if he hadn't gotten hurt, if he had even gotten like 30, 40, 50 rushing yards a game, nothing special. He, he would be right up there with all the, with all the league leaders. It's, it's nuts. I look forward to him coming back and he will be back against the Raiders. I mean, there was, <laughs> there was a lot of debate of whether or not he should have been put on injured reserve. I think it was in hindsight, a good move so that you can preserve him uh, as a, rookie on the smaller side for the end of the year. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, that that'll be fascinating. I, Pacheco's a good player. I I've liked him runs mad. Yeah. He runs mad, runs heavy footed for a guy. That's not, you know, the biggest guy in the world and he can catch out of the backfield too. I mean, so he's somebody that, you know, we've seen the dolphins come out in, in a few of these games here and, and get run on pretty quickly. And I, I think that's something that they need to stop because other than Kelsey by far, their number two weapon um, on offense is Pacheco. Kind of feels like he fits the mold that the, of the running back, the dolphins are pretty good against. It seems like they struggle with the shiftier move left to right types of uh, running backs, like an uh, Austin Eckler compared to an Isaiah Pacheco, who's going to try to run over you. Um, Austin Eckler's that, I keep going back to that. I reference this on pretty much every show we do here, but in the first three quarters of the season, Austin Eckler had 11 carries for 110 yards. Um, since then, so that's 10 yards of carry right on the nose. Since mm-hmm. those first three quarters, the dolphins are allowing 3.45 yards of carry to opposing starting running backs. Now the freakier thing too, is Eckler after getting 11 carries for 110 yards in the first three quarters, since then, the rest of the year, he has 48 carries for 108 yards, 2.25 yards wow. a carry with a lot of injuries. So I don't know what happened to that run defense and the Chargers run offense on the, the first three quarters of the season, but it's completely reversed since then. 
Is it lame to say that maybe they were just doing too much? I look at the Bills game as a scenario where once Josh Allen got out of the pocket, you saw two, three guys trying to do too much and win the play themselves. Do you think that could have been been a deciding factor against the Chargers? For me, the in this zone-based defense with a lot of responsibilities and a lot of thinking on the fly, communication has gotten better every week that they haven't been on the road. And mm-hmm. now it's at a very high level. So it's it's good that they're playing this game in Germany instead of Kansas City where it there's no louder stadium in the NFL um, because they're fortunately not going to have to deal with with those variables of, of crowd noise. I know you should be able to overcome that and the Dolphins are going to have to uh, defensively with something, but it, it's clear that they play better when they're at home and this game's at a neutral site. So I, I, I expect them with the health of their defense, as well as the limited crowd noise for them to be able to figure it out and communicate well again. Completely agree with you. Before I let you go, we got to get that final score prediction from you. Mm, so when I first saw the over under, I saw it at 50 and a half. And I thought, wow, I, I actually thought Vegas would have it higher than that. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm here. I'm, I'm saying that, eh, even at 50 and a half, I would take the under two. So yep. I I feel like you've got a matchup here between two MVP, the top two odds on favorite for MVP, two and Patrick Mahomes. Um, and, but you've also got two defenses really primed to stop. So because of that, I think the score is going to be a little bit lower. We haven't talked about Tyree Kill uh, it, at all during this, which is- How crazy which, is that? Which is shocking. Um, it's the Tyree Kill revenge game. But look, to get back to what you asked there, I said a few weeks ago when they played the Eagles, I didn't think with their injuries and with the communication on defense, they were ready to win yet. I think they're ready to win this week when they go to to Germany. So give me 26-23 Dolphins. I love it. I love it. We are about 24 hours away from kickoff. Kat, thank you so much for joining us. Everyone out there, thank you so much for listening to another episode of another Dolphins podcast. We'll be back hopefully to celebrate a victory Monday in just a couple days. But until then, it's up.